You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. One of the characteristics of Jesus Christ is that He can feel what you are feeling. There's not a sorrow you're on earth that heaven is not aware of. Your pain, your difficulty, your challenges that you've been facing, heaven is aware of it. Heaven is aware of it. Sometimes we go through things and we think, I'm on my own. You're never on your own. God is always aware of what you're going through. You are under his eyes. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Proverbs 15 verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. A matter of fact, when you were not even formed in your mother's womb, God was looking at you. God saw you. God was thinking good things about you. So many thoughts that you cannot even imagine it. The destiny, the potential locked up on every person. It's unmeasurable. Remember, you are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. You are made in God's image and likeness. Young people, God holds your future in His hands. When He goes before you to make your way straight and smooth and you are walking with the Lord... God will always do far more abundantly whatever you could think, whatever you can dream, whatever you could imagine. How? The Bible says through that power that works on the inside. This is the promise of God. Listen to me. God cannot fail. If this word fails, it means God fails. And this word cannot fail. Turn to the person next to you say, the word of God cannot fail. Genesis 19.22, there's a scripture. God's speaking and he says, hurry up. Move it. Get to the place where I want you to be because I can do not do anything until you get there. Oftentimes you have your part to play to get where you have to be for God to do what he wants to do. When you are where God wants you to be, he'll always make a way. Sometimes you might face challenges and difficulties, but God will still lead you through that time. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God said, I will be with you. Who of you have been doing some valley of the shadow of death walking? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Yes, everybody is under the eyes of the Lord. But sometimes certain men do things that get God's attention. When we look at Noah, the Bible says he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
And God allowed him to build this massive big boat, and he could go in, and he could also invite his family in. This teacher of salvation is not just for yourself, but for your family. But in Genesis 7 verse 1, you can go read it. The thing that got God's attention is the fact that Noah was a righteous man in his generation. He was a righteous man. He tried to be in right standing with God. Righteousness. We see that there's definitely a link between the righteousness and favor. Moses found favor, found grace in the sight of God, unmerited favor because of this righteousness. The book of 1 Peter teaches us that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. Turn to the person next to you and say righteousness. Look them in the eyes and say righteousness gets God's attention. This means all of us are in trouble because there's not one person that's righteous. So how do we get God's attention? Family, that's the beautiful thing. Jesus Christ made a way. The Bible teaches us that he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It means Jesus, the righteous one, came to this earth, never sinned, but took your sin and placed it upon himself to allow his righteousness to become your righteousness. This is a gift. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a gift. Tell them again, say it's a gift. What is your part? You have to believe that Jesus died. Romans 10 says salvation comes in the following way. You confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart. With your mouth you make confession unto salvation. But in your heart we believe unto righteousness. You don't know what I've done this past week. You don't know what Jesus did on the cross for you. Can you see that when the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, we quote it so often, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. It's God setting you up to get his attention, to know that you are under his eyes. You know, I can look at everybody here and I see everybody, but I can focus in on somebody. It's God's righteousness. What Jesus did on the cross, his ability, that becomes your ability. Turn to the person next to you, look to me and I say, I know Jesus hears my prayers because of Jesus. It's not about you, it's about God. You know what God requires of us? A loyal heart. A loyal heart. Loyalty is very important for God. Not a matter of combining your strength with God, but relying upon God. Not your ability and God's ability, but God's ability. The book of Chronicles teaches us, 2 Chronicles 16, it says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro 
looking for those with a loyal heart to show himself strong on their behalf. All that God is asking of you is a commitment to him. Kingdom works on this basic principle. When you are loyal to the kingdom, the kingdom is loyal to you. His ability becomes your ability. Sometimes we mess up. You know what's the most beautiful thing about Jesus? Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Even when you are faithless, when you mess up, he remains faithful to help you. The challenge is people want God to see them. They want to be under his eyes, God looking upon them. But how many people today want to see God? You want God to see you, but do you have a heart that I want to see God? Matthew 5 verse 8 says, God blesses those with a pure heart, for they will see God. If you want to see God, there's a requirement, purity of heart. That purity of heart comes through Jesus Christ. So what he's asking of us is not impossible because his ability can become your ability. I was talking to some people this week and just about what the Bible says. The Bible says forgive. And everybody wants to talk about forgive. Yes, forgive. Until you have to forgive somebody. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Everybody says bless. Yes, let's bless, bless. Let's help, help. Until the Holy Spirit tells you. Go bless. Go help. No, I need the help. Paul wrote and he said, as Christ has forgiven me, I can forgive. So if God blesses the pure in heart, it means the blessing that you are looking for, the breakthrough that you are looking for, is on the inside of you. Blessed are the pure in heart. God blesses the pure in heart. So once you accept his righteousness, his forgiveness, you've placed yourself in Christ Jesus and you can appear before the Father. You have that confidence that when you come to God, his blood is speaking for you, his mercy is speaking for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, You are under his eyes. Do you have a loyal heart? I think in this time, many people are writing the loyalty test. Are you loyal towards your church? Friends and family, loyal towards your pastors? Loyalty. Abraham was loyal towards God. God came to Abraham and made a covenant with him. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're in covenant with God. Tell them again, say you're in covenant with God. The Bible says, God came to Abraham. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to be your shield. I'm going to be your protection. I'm going to be your exceedingly great reward. Those that want to be your enemy, I'll be their enemy. Those that want to fight with you, I'll fight for you. You see that attitude that he had, trusting God. I don't have time for that, but that covenant was not based upon Abraham. It was a covenant that God made between himself and Jesus. 
If you go read it, you'll see Abraham fell asleep and he made the covenant between Jesus because Jesus could not fail, but man could fail. So this is why this covenant that we have with God is so powerful because it's based upon what Jesus did on the cross. So he enters into this covenant and he puts his trust in God. Go quickly to Genesis 20. I can see some people are looking at me with big eyes. Let me just show you quickly something here. Abimelech, you can go read it. Abraham arrives at Abimelech. Abimelech is interested in his wife. He takes his wife. He says, it's my sister. Abraham is in covenant with God. He appears to Abimelech. He says to Abimelech, Abimelech, you're a dead man. You're a dead man. You're messing with my son of covenant. You're a dead man. Abimelech is a man that fears God. So God has grace towards him and appears to him and says to him, what you're doing is wrong. You've got another man's wife. You can go read it, verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. I want to tell you something. When it comes to covenant, God is serious about covenant. He says, you touching another man's wife now, you're as good as dead. You're looking for trouble. When Abimelech came to Abram, he said, Why are you doing this? What have I done wrong? Have I offended you that you want to bring this thing upon me? Abraham said to him, I thought the fear of God was not in this place. The fear of the God is to hate sin. When you try and do things right, I want to tell you, in this time when you try and do things right, God sees it. God is aware of it. Abimelech innocently wants to take this woman. God says to him, go to him, let him pray for you because he is my prophet. What does the Bible say? Do not touch my anointed, do my prophets no harm. God says, because of this covenant, I'm ready to fight. But because of the fear of God that is in Abimelech, God had grace and gave him understanding of what he was doing wrong. And he said, but yet, let Abraham pray for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's serious. Family, listen to me. Let me tell you something. Whatever you've been facing, where the enemy has been coming against you, when you're in covenant with God, the God that's on the inside of you, he's the enemy of the enemy. So the enemy wants to come against you, but God that's fighting for you is the enemy of the enemy. Light expels darkness. The blessing is greater than the curse. This is the God that we serve. We're in covenant with him. You're under his eyes. Where people have been doing things that are unrighteous towards you, God is aware of it and wants to see what you are doing. But I can tell you now, if somebody wants to harm you or trouble you, you don't have to fight that battle. God is fighting for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, God will fight for you. Tell them again, say, God will fight for you. Let me this is New Testament. Let me just give you 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 6. You can go there. It says, it's a righteous thing with God. To repay with tribulations though that those that trouble you. The Amplified says it's a righteous and just thing. What does it mean? Family, listen to me. We don't fight fire with fire. 
is a God who sees exactly what's happening. If people are unjust, unfair, God will fight for you. Don't fight fire with fire. The battle between the water and the rock, water wins. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. The anger of man, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's the righteousness of Jesus that produces righteousness in our lives. Timothy teaches us. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, when we are faithless, he remains faithful because of this covenant that we have with God. Turn to the person next to you, say you're in covenant. Say, God will fight for you. Don't lose focus. When you believe that God's grace is sufficient, you'll have the faith to believe that His righteousness is speaking for you. That's why you need the righteous breastplate to protect this heart when unrighteousness wants to enter in. When you maintain your position in Christ Jesus, you maintain your position in righteousness. That's what the Bible says. Men, when you want to pray, make sure that the relationship between you and your wife is peace. Otherwise, it can affect your prayers. If you want to receive righteousness from there, have a righteous life there. What does that mean? When people wrong you, hurt you, harm you, be quick to forgive them. To keep your heart pure so that you can see God. Righteousness is a position that we hold in Christ Jesus. When you go on, Abimelech said, why did you lie? Abimelech said, I didn't really lie. She's my sister. But it's a technical thing, and he explains the thing about the mother and the fathers and everything. But he still had to pray because he was in covenant. He held that position in righteousness. Do you know what that means? That's available for everybody that believes. Everybody that believes. That means somebody that's praying at home that keeps their position in Christ Jesus can be more righteous than a pastor standing here. Did you hear what I just said? It's got nothing to do with your title, but what you're accepting Jesus Christ is doing. He who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that you would be attentive to your prayers and he would focus in on you. Can you see what the righteousness of God is doing for you? How do we do that? We accept the complete work upon the cross and we receive his righteousness. Let me show you an example in the Bible. Go to Acts 16 verse 22. Sometimes God will allow you to go through things just to get people saved. The situation that you are facing now is for the salvation of people's souls. The test that you are facing will become a testimony. That mess, a message, 
that can draw people closer to Jesus. Verse 22. Then the multitudes arose up together against him, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, that's the darkest hour, the most difficult moment. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. When you're in your darkest hour, people are listening to you. When you are facing your most difficult challenge, people that don't know God, they are listening to you. Their eyes are upon you while your eyes are upon Jesus. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Can you see that they kept their position in righteousness? Psalm 91 says, because he has set his love upon me, I will deliver him. God never slumbers, never sleeps. He's aware of every situation. In your midnight hour, when you think God is asleep, God is busy working. Amen. It was Daniel. Go read Daniel 6 verse 16. The king said, may the God whom you serve continually. So even in the lion's den, he was giving thanks to God three times a day. In your darkest moment, when the enemy has declared, I'm going to throw you into the lion's den, the world is watching. And Daniel, when he came out there, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, when they came out of the fiery furnace, a whole nation was turned back to God. When you're a Christian and it feels like you're being imprisoned, you're being tortured, you're being punished, count it all joy. It's time to give glory to God. When he was set free, you can go see, a Roman soldier, Roman God, if a prisoner escaped, the penalty was death. That's why when he saw that the chains were off and they were gone, he wanted to fall on his own sword to kill him because that was the punishment. What did Paul say? Stop, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Sometimes your chains, your breakthrough, your deliverance is even for the salvation of others. That's why you have to endure it. And salvation came to the God and his whole family. What you are facing right now, in that midnight hour in chains, they worshiped God. They might have been outwardly in prison, being treated with unrighteousness, but the position that they hold in Christ Jesus was one of righteousness. So when they called out to God, he heard their prayers. He heard their worship. And they were set free. In the challenges that you are facing right now, it could even be for the salvation of somebody else's soul. And then we count it worthy. We say, thank you, Lord, that I'm going through that. Philippians 2 verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. If you're going through that, for somebody to get saved, what's greater? Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. It's God working in us, with us, 
through us, for us. The ministry that every believer has received is that of reconciliation. Why do people often ask you as the Christian, will you pray? Because in their hearts they know God's eyes are upon the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. They don't just want to pray. They want somebody that when that person is praying, they know God will hear. You are under his eyes. Take some time, go read the book of Ruth. The Bible teaches us, Bible scholars all acknowledge that Boaz is a type of Christ. Ruth is a type of the church, Naomi a type of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say? It says, Boaz, Christ, saw her, heard about her loyalty, that she said to Naomi, where you go, I'm going to go. Your God will be my God. When she said, your God will be my God, I want you to know that she was a Moabite. A Moabite was not allowed into the temple, was not allowed into God's presence. She said, your God will be my God. I'm going to be loyal. Where you're going to go, I'm going to go. She'd lost her husband. Or stayed. But Ruth said, I'm going to go with you. And it was Boaz that took note of her. And he gave instruction. He said, wherever she's moving around, drop extra hands full of seed for her to pick up. What she picked up, she thought it was normal. When she got home to her mother, Naomi, a type of the Holy Spirit, she says, where were you today? She says, why? She says, you were under somebody's eyes. Somebody saw you. Somebody is aware of who you are. What you've picked up is not normal. My advice to you is don't be seen in another man's field. When I read that, I want to share this with you. God is busy building his church. As a Christian, we can pick up seed anywhere. We can get the word of God anywhere. You can listen to a podcast. You can listen to something on TV. You can go to church. The key here is where are you picking up your hands full? Where are you picking up your hands full? I know where I get my hands full. Find that field and get planted there and get submitted there and get committed there because those hands full will change your destiny. This woman married Boaz. That decision, that loyalty, God had the future in mind. Generations to come. Remember what happened. She married him. From this comes the lineage of David. Boaz begot Obed, Obed, Jesse, Jesse, David. And David, one of the greatest kings. Your decision of loyalty to serve God will affect generations to come. You're under his eyes. As the church, I want to close with this. Acts 12, verse 5. So amazing. It says there, Peter's in jail. You can go read it. Peter's in jail, and the church is busy praying for him. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's good to pray in church. It says the church is busy praying for him. That's why it's good to get together in the church praying. 
While they're praying, the Lord sends an angel to help him and to set him free. He first thinks himself, he's seeing a dream or a vision or imagining something, and then he realizes, no, it's real. He gets out of prison, he goes to them while they are praying. They are busy praying for him while he's in prison, obviously to be set free. Now he's set free. What is their response? That must be his angel. It cannot be him. We're still busy praying. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're under his eyes. This is the church washed with the blood of Jesus, being cleansed and sanctified, made righteous. His eyes are upon them. His ears are attentive to their prayers. And while they are busy praying, it's not in faith. They're not expecting God to answer. They're just praying, set him free, but they're not really expecting him to be set free. But God heard their prayer and sets them free. This is oftentimes us as the church. We are praying, Lord, change the situation. Change the situation. Then the situation changes. No, it cannot be changed. Am I talking to the right people here? Family, listen to me. When you're in covenant with God and His blood has sanctified you, have this confidence, not because of you, but because of Jesus who's made you righteous that you're under his eyes. He can see you. He's focusing on you. He's attentive to your prayers. The Bible says, a matter of fact, when you are born again, born from above, that incorruptible seed on the inside of you is Christ himself. When that righteousness is on the inside of you, even when unrighteousness wants to press against you, that righteousness will just press it out. The enemy will still come to kill, steal, and destroy, but he'll find himself fighting God. When we abide in him and he abides in us, the Bible says we'll ask him whatever we want and it will be done for us. Can you see the importance to maintain your position in Christ Jesus? Because there will, will be challenges. But when you keep that peace here, the enemy has got nothing on you. When you allow his righteousness to become your righteousness, it will expel all shades of darkness. This is the promise that God has given us. Jesus' eyes are everywhere. He sees everything that's happening on this earth. But when you accept him, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. Can you see that God has positioned you so that he would be interested in whatever you say, whatever you do, whatever you are busy with? And whenever you face an Abimelech that wants to just take from you, God will be the one fighting for you. He'll be your shield. He'll be your protection. He'll be your exceedingly great reward. Even if you find yourself in a prison, locked down, at the midnight hour, you can have your position in Christ Jesus, looking up to Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And people will be looking at you, listening to hear what you are saying. But what you do there can affect the salvation of many. I want to encourage you, go out this week with a confidence that you are under His eyes. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.